In March of 2022, Kenya Stallworth was sentenced to 11 years in prison for murder and the abuse of a corpse, while her husband, Robert Robb, was sentenced to two years for the gross abuse of a corpse and tampering with evidence. Kenya had stabbed her 19-year-old son, Dominic, and left her son's body in his bedroom to rot. To hide the body, she and her husband, Robert, buried Dominic beneath a pile of clothes, sealed the bedroom, and made efforts to get rid of the foul odor coming from his decomposing body. It took three months until Dominic's body would be found and put to rest. You primarily hear about this sort of cruelty done onto humans, but humans aren't the only ones. Animals can suffer the same fate. I'm your host, Hepburn, and you're listening to the Voiceless Speak Forever podcast, a true crime podcast dedicated to exposing the many misdeeds and abuses done to animals. And every week, I'll be covering a new animal abuse case. In September of 2022, in Bancroft, Michigan, tenant Cheyenne Wiley and their roommate moved into Cheyenne's family member, Jordan Hoisington's home. It might have been a downstairs apartment, but that was far better than the upstairs, which was a wreck, utterly unlivable. But Jordan had a stipulation that had to be met before Cheyenne and their roommate could move in. In the upstairs, there was a padlock door, and they must not, under any circumstances, open it. So Cheyenne and their roommate agreed to the condition. Upon moving in, Cheyenne and their roommate found dead and decaying mice all throughout the house, their bodies leaving a putrid odor in the air. But no matter, Cheyenne and their roommate were going to make this house into their home, and for three months, the two worked to make it warm and cozy, working on it downstairs first, then onward to the upstairs. But there was one aspect of the home they could never seem to change, no matter the effort they put in. Even though they had gotten rid of the dead mice and gave the house a good deep cleaning, the foul odor never evaporated. It was always there, lingering. In fact, the smell was getting worse and worse by the day. But they weren't going to give up. Maybe if they just kept working on the home, they would eventually get rid of the smell. When Cheyenne began painting the upstairs, Cheyenne found that one particular area smelled particularly bad. It was the hallway with the padlocked room. Even though they were told not to open the door, Cheyenne just couldn't leave it. The smell was coming from behind the door. Cheyenne rattled the door, but every time they did it, the smell just got worse. The smell became so unbearable that one day, Cheyenne's roommate got a bolt cutter and cut through the padlock. Behind the door was a master suite. If you ignored the smell, there wasn't anything extraordinary about the room. Well, except one thing. Everywhere was fur. This startled the roommate. What the hell happened here? Why was there so much fur? And from what? There weren't any pets in the home. Did wildlife get in? But even if one or many did, how on earth did they leave so much fur behind? The roommate didn't want to find out. The room was already disgustingly dirty and the smell too repulsive. 
The roommate messaged Diane about what he saw. He would tell her he couldn't go beyond the bedroom and into the bathroom. All he could do was shut the door. Certain they needed to go in, Cheyenne and their roommate waited one day before they had the courage to go back up there. They opened the door and walked into the room. They went further this time. They went beyond the bedroom and into the bathroom. What they saw answered all their questions about where the fur came from. The foul odor, the door that could never be opened, it all made sense now. On the bathroom floor lay two decomposing dogs. Their fur circled them like a halo. One dog's stomach gaped open, exposing its rotting organs. It looked like the other dog had torn open the stomach of its companion and eaten it in a futile attempt to survive. Cheyenne immediately contacted Jordan, and Jordan begged Cheyenne to not tell the police. But Cheyenne refused. They and their roommate went straight to the police, showing them video evidence of what they saw and all the text messages between them and Jordan. When the police and animal control got to the house, they could tell that the dogs had been there since the summer, months before Cheyenne and their roommate moved in. The deputy said that this was one of the worst animal cruelty cases he has investigated. Jordan was arrested in March of 2022 and was charged on two felony counts of killing and torturing animals. She had a bond set at $7,500, which she was able to bond out of. And as of today, July 2022, she is a free woman, but she cannot tend or take care of any animals. In April, Jordan was ordered to undergo a psychological exam to determine if she was fit for trial. The results of the evaluation is not, from my research, known yet. Hopefully, if she is found competent, we'll find out why she did that to the dogs and who these dogs were. So here's what might happen to Jordan if she is found guilty. According to Animal Legal and Historical Center, the Michigan legislator has designed three primary provisions related to cruelty to animals, intentional infliction of pain and suffering, duty to provide care, and anti-animal fighting. Just speaking on the intentional infliction of pain and suffering and the duty to provide care, quote, the intentional infliction of pain and suffering provision carries the most severe penalties for animal cruelty and a violation is automatically a felony. A violation of the duty to provide care provision is initially a misdemeanor, which becomes a felony if the perpetrator has subsequent violations or the act involves multiple animals, end quote. According to Michigan law, if the violation involved two or three animals or the death of any animal, the person is guilty of a misdemeanor punishable by one or more of the following and may be ordered to pay the costs of prosecution. Imprisonment for not more than one year, a fine of not more than $2,000, or community service for not more than 300 hours. Unfortunately, only if four or more animals were abused or had one or more convictions, would abusing an animal be guilty of a felony. The person will be punishable by one or more of the following, and they may be ordered to pay the cost of prosecution. As the number of animals abused goes up, the number of years in imprisonment goes up, the fine amount goes up, and the hours for community service goes up. 
since Jordan is only known to have abused two animals, even if she is found guilty, her sentencing might not be severe enough. Thank you guys so much for listening to the final episode of season three. The podcast will hopefully be back in the fall or the winter. Until season four premieres, there might be some small bonus episodes, so keep an eye out for that. And also, make sure you listen to any episodes you haven't listened to yet, or if you're bold enough, re-listen to all the episodes, and please make sure you tell others about the podcast. VSF's podcast is a rarity because it focuses on animal cruelty and also puts a spotlight on those who love and advocate for animals. So please, make sure you share it. On a lighter note, on September 18th, I will be at Bunny Fest in San Diego selling crochet toys. All of them will be bunny themed. I'll update you guys more as the project progresses. So make sure you are signed up for updates through VSF's website, thevoicelessspeakforever.com, and following VSF's Instagram account, the period VSF period official. You can always reach me through email, VSF period official period podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, toodles.